Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Grunge Bible Podcast, episode 71, coming to you across the airwaves. It's Chris Salona here, along with Ethan Shalloway. Ethan, what's going on, my man? How are we doing? It's going well, Chris. Um, it is a Tuesday. It's a terrible twos, terrible Tuesday that we're fuck recording. Fuck Tuesdays. Yeah, fuck Tuesday. No, it's, like there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a whirlwind, a lot of traffic, as they say, can't move. So uh, no better time than to report, uh, record a podcast than in the midst of all of this. So, um, but no, it's, it's all good. Um, energy levels are doing all right. We're doing good. My brother flies in tomorrow. Um, I actually got a nice string of, you know, five days coming up. It should be a lot of fun. So this Great. is the last thing on my checklist. So a quick 20 minute episode to finish off the audio slave that we were talking about on Friday for the Friday beers episode. And I think we will be good. We'll all be good. Uh, how about you, Chris? How are you doing? Um, I'm seemingly doing better than you are. Um, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was doing too hot. Um, but then this afternoon, um, everything kind of, kind of fell back into place a little bit. I got a good lift in and uh, now I get to talk about audio slave with you, Ethan. And this is, uh, this is great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one. So, um, if you guys, if this is your first time tuning in and listening, um, you are going to get one of the. What took you so long? What took first off? What took you so long? Yeah, what gives? But second off, go back and listen to the last episode. Um, we kind of shoot the shit for seventy minutes, about an, over a little bit over an hour, and yeah. uh, we just have some fun. But we kind of gave a synopsis of what we're going to do the next few episodes. Probably the month of August, we are going to be kind of giving quick hitters, talking about bands for about twenty minutes. Um, we did touch on Audio Slave last time, but we're coming back because we said we were going to do that. If you listen to the if you listen to the episode, you understand a little bit. Yeah, more. Yeah, we got to finish the job. Yeah. So, um, but thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, we are really happy that you're here. Um, hopefully, you're subscribed. Yeah. And, uh, and furthermore, and if you, if you want to go one step further, I think Chris has. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you're subscribed. But furthermore, if if subscribing is not enough for you, which I know. You know, that doesn't do it for some people. We do have another uh, higher level. Uh, you can be taken higher and support us on over on Patreon. And uh, there's a number of individuals who have supported us so far. I think the standing count currently, there are 48 people supporting us on Patreon at one of the three tiers. We have a $2 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. And the individuals in the $10 tier are the catalysts for this show. It would not happen without them. And we like to thank them every single week by name. Um, so the names that I would like to read off to, to show our, um, our wealth of gratitude for this week are Darian Riddle, Alex Long, Rachel Corning, Fuck Soup, Captain Hightop, Black Hole Sean, Doug Endy, Jade Mercado, Chris LSMS, Laura and Irene, Sue, Nikki Six, Marianne, Release, Millie, Alexis Shannon, Kayla Jean, Sonny Mashburn, our number one fan from Australia, Wayne Staley, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Jamie Lynn, Carlene Salona, Seattle 4, Fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tendonitis, Kara Kay, The Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Kitty Cooper, I Hate Your Mom, Shoe the Shoeless, and Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce. Quick editorial note, uh, the individual who has uh, proclaimed themselves as Eddie Vetter has got me through my second divorce uh, wants the world to know that they have not been divorced yet. Mm. Um, so they, I guess they yeah. join me amongst the legion of liars that exist in this sphere. That's all right. Like like your tattoo um, and the story that goes with Porch, um, there's, you know, there's a fake story that goes with that name. 
uh, that being the second divorce. So it's all good. Yeah, there's a sometimes, lot of different meanings to a lot of different things. Sometimes you tell a little lie to make your make its story a little bit more interesting. So yeah, just no for the problem. hell of it. Just for the hell Absolutely. of it. Yeah. Well, it is amazing up. having those having those names roll out each week. And you know, it's funny yeah. because we've actually you know throughout the weeks we've lost a lot of patrons. But we have. We have people that take their place. So I don't There's even care. There's always somebody lined up. There's I don't always, even care. You no. know, we lose, and I understand. I understand. People support for a yeah, year. for a period and, of time. And then, and then you know, their yeah, duty. It, yeah, their their time is done. And then somebody takes steps in and takes their place. And I love exactly. that. You're only, you're only ever anywhere for a moment in time. So we appreciate the moments in time that people choose to spend with us. And right. uh, if you're choosing to do that, we do have an audio slave episode queued up for you today. Now, Ethan, on episode 70 last week, we did get into audio slave a little bit, um, not really getting into the specifics or any of the music. But I, I know one of the things that we spoke about was just kind of how these guys came together, uh, you know, certainly having having been musicians in very popular bands for a number of years, you know, coming from the Rage Against the Machine contingent and obviously Chris Cornell coming from his contingent. And um, I mean, just just the magic that, that happened there. And we were kind of talking about how Audio Slave, I think for a lot of people our age, was kind of their path into certain music. Yeah. Um, I think we should pick it right back up. What What do you think was it about, you know, these guys coming from those two bands? Obviously quite different, Rage Against the Machine and Soundgarden. What do I think just in general about the like having two different bands come yeah, together why like do you, that? Why do you think that worked? I think it worked because I think they both were looking for, I think, I think Chris was looking for something. Um, something different, and I think that the guys in Rage were also looking for a different sound, you know. And I think that's why they made it a point to not, you know, they never played cover songs of either band. Really, they made it a point not to do that. So I think it, I think it came together well because they both were really open to a different sound. And I mean, it's you know, it's on record that they recorded like 21 songs in 19 days, so the chemistry yeah. was instantly there. Absolutely. And I think that is just because of both, you know, both their experiences. I think that each band had a lot of, or each, you know, all the members had a lot of similar influences throughout the years. And I don't know, I, I think that they both. It was just a perfect timing that they both were looking for. It was just like a, it was just a, a perfect puzzle piece match. Yeah, and, um, I agree. Just, and, and- and I think part of part of the reason I think it may have worked so well is that, you know, the uh, individuals, you know, Tom Morello, Brad Wilk, Tim Comerford, they were coming from Rage, which had fallen apart. And same thing with with Chris Cornell and Soundgarden, you know, they had ceased to be um, for, a, you know, a couple of years prior to the formation of Audio Slave. And I think, um, you know, when when a band breaks up like that, um, you kind of have, you know, the aftermath of that. And then you have a chance to maybe get together with different people and kind of realize that there's a different way. And I think anytime a band breaks up, you you probably get a little bit more of a perspective as opposed to, you know, if the bands were still together at that point, Audio Slave were to be a side project at the time. Um, it was kind of at a point in time where the previous bands, at least for that time, had run their course and um, they were really in a good position to give it their full attention and give it their full effort. And I mean, the synergy that they seemingly had from day one, uh, you know, in, in, in those days when they got together, um, really, really shows that I think that was evident. I think they were able to approach it, um, you know, from a fresh point of view. And all of the members have said at various points that the songwriting process and the collaboration 
uh, was unparalleled when compared to the processes that they undertook previously uh, in Rage and Soundgarden, respectively. So um, it was just kind of one of those things that I think it only can happen when you have seasoned musicians, um, not only seasoned performers and seasoned players and good players and good singers, but, you know, people that had had a number of studio albums behind them collectively in a, in a bunch of different outfits. I think it was just the culmination of, of veteran musicians getting together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we did talk about it briefly, but you know, this was a tough time for Chris. Yeah. And I think that, you know, him coming from that period of his life and this coming from his first solo album, he was, yeah, he was searching for something. And then, like I said, the, the members of, Tim and Brad and and Tom, they were kind of, they were also searching. They were very accepting. And and it was just like, it was a, like they found Chris when he was looking and it was, it just kind of worked out. And I think that it was kind of a divine, divine intersection of, you know, uh, yeah, talents. Um, There was rumor in the beginning, there was rumors that Lane Staley was going yes, to be joining. I did. The, uh, I did remember reading about this, and and Tom Tom retroactively Tom shot, shot down. that down in, on a Twitter exchange in like 2016. Um, I remember that long-standing rumor that uh, there was interest in Lane Staley, uh, you know, coming on to to sing an Audio Slave, but the logistics of that obviously would not have worked. I don't think Lane had sung on a track since 1999 or so. Um, but it's all you know. It's certainly interesting to think about. You know, if there had been some truth to that. Um, and how different the band would have sounded. But, yeah. um, Even if just a rumor, yeah. it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when um, you hear a lot of about movies, in movies, how who auditioned for the parts. And then you yeah, hear that. Yeah, like, who, like who was rumored to be wanted by the, by the producer, by yeah. the writer, or whatever. There yeah. was one big one. I can't remember. It was uh, like Chris Farley was really close in playing a big role of like Jim Carrey or something like it was one of his parts and it was something of the sort where it was like a big yeah. but like you couldn't see it any other way exactly it's the same thing because there's been so many times where an iconic role in an iconic film you know such and such an actor had turned it down and then that that gave way for this person to come into the forefront and it's kind of one of those things that once you see it as it as it happened to be you couldn't imagine it being any other way and I feel that way about about audio slave, I couldn't imagine any other singer being yeah. up there except Chris Cornell. Now that you know we have those three albums, and I think we get ourselves in trouble too a lot of times with like cover cover songs because that's what you do. You say I can't see it any other way, yeah. or you know, like when um, you know, or if you have like multiple people in in movies, you have like multiple iterations of you know the Spider Man, and you have three different actors playing. You know, so then you got to pick. But same thing, like yeah. cover cover songs. People get in those those uh, arguments all the time. Yeah, and and it's interesting with Audio Slave. So as as I guess band timelines go, they were together for a healthy period of time. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long. You know, the formation was in two thousand one. The self titled album came out in two thousand two. Out of Exile came out in May of two thousand five, and then Revelations came out in September of oh six. And the band had broken up by you know late spring of two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, within a span of few a few years, they were able to put out three records that in my opinion really really stood the test of time to this point um you know the self-titled album will be turning 20 years old uh later this year which is kind of hard to believe i think for people a little bit older than us and people you know even that we know that were around our age and that was kind of their record and as we spoke about last week um 
Yeah, the passage of time, but I mean, three really, really fantastic records. And I do think that the self-titled album, certainly their high watermark, um, in my opinion, um, not according to Pitchfork, as as we said last yep. week, uh, Pitchfork, uh, for some reason or another, gave them a 1.7 or a 1.9 rating um, out of 10 stars. So uh, I take the opportunity now to uh, say, as I usually do, fuck Pitchfork, because I... Did you read the uh, review, Chris? I did. It was. They it were was just, unreal. It was absolutely unreal. And I don't really want to give them the credence of speaking the words on the on on the podcast. I don't have it pulled up either. But um, yeah, they I were, have it they pulled went, up, and I won't even do. I, they, I like. They, they, I was, went, they went in. They they were. They, they really were, did. I mean, between the name of the band, uh, the lyrics, they crushed Chris's lyrics. Um, they, they just crushed, crushed it, the yeah. entire outfit, and I just. I don't see it, and maybe it's because I'm giving my millennial opinion after the fact, yeah. or I have the rose-colored glasses on, maybe, but I mean, this record, when when you think about it, I know I've said this before on, on a previous podcast, maybe a little segue that we had gone on, but I mean, for 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 like a, a, a triplet of songs, a trio of songs to lead off an album, I mean, you go to Coach Eyes, Show Me How to Live, and Gasoline, I mean, for for your introduction to the world as you know your debut album, and there, when you're a band that's under the microscope because of where the members are coming from, um, I always think about you know I guess at this point if somebody were to have picked up their CD of this and you know put it into their car, the first thing that you hear is Coach Eyes. Um, I mean, you hear Brad Wilkes drumming, and then you hear you know Tom Morello and and, and Tim kick in and just that wall of sound that hits you and then Chris's lyrics uh or rather his uh his voice just just overwhelming you right from the get go and, and and I think for most of Audio Slave's catalog the the vocal parts were so ambitious on Chris's part and they were just so high flying and they they fit so well into all of the songs and at just the right points that kind of, they his voice kind of like flies over the music uh within the songs and i mean i think that's absolutely everywhere on this first album i think especially in kochai's um set it off is another one that pops out for me mm-hmm. um light my way which was the first uh the first song that the band had written when they got together uh to cut that first album and i mean it's just hit after hit after hit after hit and it's just um, it's such a good album. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this self-titled album? Yeah, it's definitely the album that I've taken the most time listening to. I totally. think it went triple platinum and sold like stupid, you know, crazy amounts of, yeah, you know, so it, it definitely has like the most airplay for me. Um, and like you said, extreme, just an extreme set list of songs. Um, yeah, I think I listened to it probably the most, Probably the most in the car. I feel like Audio Slave actually, or like, yeah, it's definitely a, a really good car album for me. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't get to listen to their new, the, I mean, the the third, like, the second and third album as much. So, I felt like I found myself going back to this one retroactively a lot. Yeah, I, um, I feel the same way because I, I I certainly don't feel as though I've had my fill of the first album, and it's just so good. And that too. Yeah. And I just, I just like one of those things that, I mean, a lot of people say this with, with Pearl Jam, it's like, you know, 10 and verses, why would I listen to anything else? <laughs> and, and I kind of feel that way about, about, uh, about obviously yeah. here with that, with that self-titled album. And I mean, just the, you know, the ability that they had and the fact that they, so, in my opinion, at least they got it so right from the get go and they created a sound that wasn't like 
you know, Soundgarden Part Two or Rage Part Two. Um, it was Audio Slave Part One, and and I think to kind of carve out your own unique area where you come from, you know, two incredibly popular bands from you know one of the greatest decades in music. I think that's such an accomplishment. Right. Um, so think about like, what if they didn't have the second and third album? You know, because yeah. we have other. Super it was like a groups. Mad Season situation, yeah, mad or like season, a Temple of the Dog. Temple, Temple of the Dog. Yeah, they both put out the first one album that we all love, yeah. and like they could have easily put out a second and third, and maybe we could have had the same conversations, and the band could have, you know, been together for those bands. Like, yeah, have five out five years together. But um, it's interesting to. to because we have a three album sample size, um, yeah. you know, how, how we, how we view them and how they're viewed and compared yeah, to the and, other, and other super groups that we listen to. Right. And I think if we're kind of comparing and contrasting, you know, these bands that are from a couple of different camps here, um, I think another thing that sets Audio Slave apart is the fact that they actually toured extensively, yep. uh, you know, Mad Season and Temple of the Dog each at the time had only played a handful of shows. I know Temple did the, uh, that engagement in, in uh, the fall and winter of 2016, uh, where they, they played for, um, I think it would have been the 25th anniversary of that album. Uh, but that was the thing. I mean, Rage Against the, I mean, uh, Audio Slave, rather, they, they went out and they toured these records and they played yeah. these songs. And as you said in the intro, they made a point at the beginning, and I believe on that first tour, to only play their songs and to not play Soundgarden covers or Rage covers because they, they didn't want to kind of piggyback off of those those legacies that they had yeah. developed with their old bands and and kind of an interesting development that I think by the uh, the Out of Exile tour that they did, uh, you know, they had begun to play certain songs. And um, I remember the first time I heard Chris Cornell singing, uh, you know, Killing in the Name of, or, you know, seeing Tom Morello play guitar on Spoon Man. Um, it's just, it's kind of really interesting, but I love the fact that they kind of took the time to establish themselves, not only as a band that could write good songs, but as a live outfit that could perform Perform and perform admirably and perform well. Um, I think that was a really cool thing that they did. Um, but to kind of get back to your question, I, I don't know what we would think. I, I think this album would still stand as tall as it does, um, just like the Temple and the Mad Season albums do, uh, you know, not having been toured and not having had follow ups. Um, you know, I think for, for what it is, if you evaluate it for, for what it is and, and how it sounds, I think regardless, you know, if Audio Slave had broken up in 2003. Uh, you know, I think we would still be listening to it and we would still hold it um, in as high of regard as we do. Yeah, and it probably, obviously, we weren't there when it was released, so we don't know how the media or how everybody was kind of like... Right. Yeah, how it burst onto the scene. But um, let's see, Soundgarden's last album was released was in, down, down on, on the, the upside on 96, right? So right. People were probably starved for some. I mean, I guess he had Chris's solo, but that's yeah, he had gone lighter. solo, but it was obviously different. Yeah, right. So people were probably starved of of this type of music from Chris, which would be, I mean, such a treat. Think about if you're a huge Soundgarden fan, and then I mean, he. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess he did do a solo album, but to come back like fully plugged in and and yeah. with and with you know, rage, right. uh, that would be really exciting. So yeah. it's not, it's not surprising to me that it did really, that first album did really, really well. Yeah. And it's and all it's those, kinda, they're also all their best ideas you would imagine. Right. 
Exactly. And it's like one of those things, if you're a Soundgarden fan in 2000 or 2001, your first wish would be for Soundgarden to get back together. And I guess your second wish would be something like Chris Cornell teaming up with these yeah. musicians. Same thing if you're a Rage fan in 01 or 02 and, and, you know, your first wish would be for, you know, Rage to get back together and the guys to get back, get back together with Zach. You know, your second wish, I mean, Chris Cornell <laughs> to jo essentially join the guys, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the musical part of Rage Against the Machine. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a concept prize um and it's it's one that i think satisfied a lot of people and um you know even as they went on into out of exile and revelations and and as we spoke about you know those are two records that you know i haven't spent as much time with as i have the uh the self-titled album but i mean from each of these records there's there's still you know i think of doesn't remind me off of out of exile as one of right. audio slaves uh hallmark songs for sure oh, um yeah. dandelion's another one that i really yeah. really appreciate same thing with the Be curse yourself. um yeah, and be your, exactly. I mean, there's just so many good songs, and, and you know, even from from Revelations. I mean, you have the title track, uh, you know, which is just such a big song. The Shape of Things to Come, another one, um, and then and then uh, additionally, something that stands out for me is uh, the second to last track, "Nothing Left But uh, Nothing Left to Say But Goodbye," um, and I think they came on the scene with such a bang, you know, in November of 2002 you know, making their debut on, on Letterman on the marquee outside. Mm -hmm. And I mean, things just kind of exploded for them, but I think it's gotta be such a difficult thing. I know we've spoken about this with other bands, but to be able to burst onto the scene, uh, you know, in this band, I guess, for those intents and purposes with such a good record and, you know, such a powerful record and to be able to go back into the studio and write in such a way that, you know, you kind of stand up to what you did before, um, you know, with my relatively, uh, you know, not as not as in depth uh, knowledge of the second and third albums as I do have the first. I mean, I think they definitely did that, and it was just kind of a culmination of, like I said, you have these veteran musicians and veteran writers getting together yeah. uh, and just putting, you know, they're professionals. This is what they yeah. do, and this Good is the job. culmination of. 20 25 years worth of work i mean by the time revelations comes out in 06 i mean chris cornell had been playing in bands for 20 years and you know much of the same about the 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 former rage guys it's just this is their job like you said and yeah and and there <laughs> there's a reason why they continue uh you know they continued for the rest of their lives and 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 the rage guys continue to be professionals and to be the best at what they do so i ask you you ask me are is the sum greater than the parts so you got Soundgarden, rage against the machine and audio slave and we have to choose we have to order them for the people um oh my God. you know we're you know how did they stack up against the original you know it's so good you know it's so good by itself if that's all we had we'd love yeah. it um but you do have rage against the machine yeah they're all their discography and their you know their incredible stage performing performances and and then you also have Soundgarden, which we we know we love. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's tough because oh, this is, this we feel tough. like we it feels like we have to say you know, one thing. But I, I'll lead it off and say right. that. Yeah, I want to hear um, what you have to say um, while I formulate these thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll I'll lead off and say I love I love Audio Slave, mm -hmm. but I think that I like Soundgarden and Rage better by themselves separate. Yeah. I think that I think that they, like I said, they're really good live. I mean, really good for what it is. But um, obviously, I really love Soundgarden. But I really do enjoy Rage Against the Machine. I that was one of the one of the bands that I 
you torrented like the the discography like we were yeah, talking about yeah, last yeah. week mm-hmm. or my, I didn't do it but my my brother or somebody did and I got all of I got all their stuff like you know random soundboards and stuff and and I, I really enjoyed um, listening to Zach and obviously all the Morello solos and stuff and Absolutely. so I was I was a huge I was really into Rage for a, a little bit and I thought that was the only thing that you could listen to when you were lifting in high school when you were working on your you know when you're <laughs> I mean first, you're not wrong <laughs> no I mean that was like literally the only thing and then Chris, we have a very intimate relationship with uh, the Rage Against the Machine for our Saturday workouts in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we do. Killing in the name of because Killing in the name of was one of Chip's favorite songs to play at the end of our end of our kettlebell mile, and yeah. it was nothing better than just yelling, you know, "Fuck you," and I won't yeah. do what you tell me. Absolutely, and um, oh my god, what. Real quick, that kettlebell—it was—it was a miles worth of sprints, and instead of resting, you did kettlebell exercises, right? Yeah. Yes, you did. You would do. You would do. Uh, I guess it was. How long was the field? It was a shorter field. I think it was um, whatever the math was. It was. It was, We did. Uh, were they eighty yard sprints or one hundred and sixty yards? It was eighty yards down and back, or forty down and back. I th- it has to be eighty, or it would take forever, right? I think. It, I think it was like ten one. Basically, almost like a hundred, hundred there, hundred back. Yeah, more because it was like twenty three. It was like twenty three. I remember like running it in twenty three seconds. You had to, yes, or like twenty. I'm, I'm like that was, sure, and then you yeah, had you I'm had forty five sure seconds down and back, and, and, then, and then you had yep. You had forty five seconds to do your exercises, and yeah. then however fast you did it, you had that time to rest afterwards. Then mm-hmm. you get like you know fifteen or twenty seconds rest. Yeah, I remember being being like like scared shitless as a little freshman going coming to this first death workout because all of the upperclassmen had told me, and I, I get there and and uh, I think you know, our coach Coach Chippy had the iPad and and killing in the name of was playing, <laughs> and he was just spitting I'll out, never forget that just spouting out how to become a champion champion yep. choices make a champion life you know Absolutely. yelling at us as we're oh just running God. and it was like 6 30 in the morning you know yeah it was, nobody wanted to be up at that time certainly i mean rage definitely made it easier so i'm thankful for that I mean, so i mean i'll say it chris that was some of my that's some of the best memories i have though you know oh i love i Dude, love i love I'm like so workouts glad that like we did that. that and i love trials and, and and challenges like that that kind of put you in that tough spot physically and mentally um, no. I mean, I still, I do it to myself. Uh, I just did it to myself yesterday. I'm going to do it to myself tomorrow. <laughs> and do you remember, so, do you, yeah. do you remember uh, afterwards? We, so we would do it every Friday at the end of the week. And <laughs> we'd lay down on yes, the ground with yes. our eyes closed. And then we'd go in and we'd lay on the ground and, and Chip would pick a, pick a word and be like, today's word is champion. And then he would yep. like define it his own way. Yep. And then the next, you know, I'll never forget perseverance this. and he would talk about it. And I remember just laying there and exhausted yep. and you know, fall asleep on them or something. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, for every time you did, I mean, those are inspiring times. Oh, you know? those, 100, yeah. Those were super, super cool. Yeah. I, I, I won't forget those. Shout out, uh, shout yeah. out to Chip Brundage because yeah, shout out to Chip Brundage. Champion guy, choices make champion life. Champion choices make a champion life. I just sent him a, a, a Jav project shirt and I wrote that in the yep. letter. Cause he, yeah. uh, I'll he never forget that. I still have the, the note cards he used to write us before the conference championships. I still have mine. Yeah. Um, I still have mine in the box. He's a good there. man. He is a good man. He's a good man. I love crazy, that man. But good. Yeah. So that was All one of my, I, I, I love, I love me some rage, uh, when yeah. you're working out, but so what do you think Are we taking? Okay. So I have an analogy that I'll explain song? it. Um, it's like, um, 
If you're a sports fan, uh, you know, and your sports league has an all-star game, right? And it's the best talent and they're all put together and it's just this really, really awesome spectacle. I feel like Rage, uh, or rather, I feel Audio Slave is, is akin to like an all-star team where you have these guys who are, you know, they're they're professionals, they're at the top of their game, you know, they're well-respected, they're all-stars. Um and and that's really cool, um, but I for me it's it's got to be the uh, you know the original bands from which they came because it's like I mean you had Soundgarden where they had that you know slow sludgy almost messy sloppy thing going on with the way that they you know ran their rhythm section and you know Chris had a lot of latitude in those songs and they improvised quite a bit and then you had Rage Against the Machine with Zach and and obviously being incredibly politically charged in the band kind of using their 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 shows and their songs certainly as a platform for you know what mattered to them and then Audio Slave I think was for me it's just kind of like a all-star display of the ability that they had um you know their lyrics not particularly political political at all and I think that was something that the rage guys had wanted to get away from for a time and um you know Chris had never uh or or hadn't you know done a, a terrible terrible you know terribly much of that uh, with Soundgarden, so I, I think you know I'm I'm definitely preferential to the two bands from which they came. But yeah. I mean, it's I mean, like it's, just it's like, like picking. It's hard to pick, though. I mean, it's not and not to say that I don't like I don't like Audio Slave. Obviously, I mean, I love them. I love that first record. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things that it's. I'm very happy that we had it. Yeah, I mean, people love like the in sports. People love the loyalty. They love being yeah. drafted and and winning a championships with the team that you got drafted with. Yeah. So like I'm thinking about like the you know the people that stayed like Steph Curry you well, know people love him in that like, city. It's like the Soundgarden like if if you didn't love it's me like at my Ultra Mega okay yeah. you don't you don't deserve me at my Super Unknown. Of course, um, you know. So I think that's how it goes for me. But I mean it's such a such a fantastic band and you know they had broken up in 2007 and over the years since then uh, and, until the end of Chris's life they had remarked at different points of you know how they you know, kind of learned a lot from those days and maybe kind of regretted how different people had handled themselves. And they, they, they played a show in January of 2017. Um, uh, and, and afterwards, you know, they had all remarked that it, a reunion or you know maybe scheduling some 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 concerts and some shows was something that they wanted to do, but it was just kind of a matter of having the availability to do it. And, um, you know, obviously that, that never ended up happening because Chris passed away later that year. But I think it's one of those things that I think we kind of said in jest last week that, you know, the bands always come back. And I think that would have been the case for, for Audio Slave. I'm sure, I, I don't know if we would have ever gotten a new album, but I'm sure they would have played a couple of shows here and there, maybe done a tour. Uh, you know, Chris had said after that 2017 one-off show that they, uh, he was like, you know, we actually got to the point where we were going to start to pick dates, uh, but, you know, it just never ended up happening as as is the case in the industry. Um, but, right. you know, it's one of those things, you know, only together for, you know, a handful of years in the early to mid 2000s, which was kind of a weird time musically, obviously. Uh, but I mean, they put out product that people still listen to and people are still inspired by today. Yeah. And we can thank them for that. Yeah. We can listen to them. Um yeah, man, it's so good. Uh, yeah. It's been fun. It's been fun going back and listening to these albums and in, in preparation and kind of talking about them with you in this last two episodes. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy to have finished what we started on episode seventy. We had we had the Im the impromptu foray into the right. audio slave talk last week, and we we finished the damn job today because that's what we do and we don't miss. No, we don't miss. And that's why we're coming to you, you know, 
We're coming yeah. to you in the perils of the summer, and we're making yeah, this, it happen. This is the first episode of August, by the way. This drops August first. That's yeah. That's Who right. Knows first where the day. time goes, man. It's fucking me up. It's crazy. It is crazy. But um, without further ado, we're going to get into songs of the week because I think so. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pick a an audio. Almost at Soundgarden, an audio slave. Song. Well, I've been doing that the whole uh, episode. I called audio yeah. slave rage like four times. So <clears throat> I think I think I'm going to go with set it off for my song i'm gonna put set it off onto the list i feel like um that's what they you know that's how they kind of came onto the scene Mm -hmm. music scene they set it off and um it's just one of those it's one of the ones that i kind of click on every time i go and need a little bite from them yeah um just because i don't really i don't go towards the you know if i don't want to you know be commercial and pick something that you know you really hear on the radio i'll, I'll go set it off or something. okay yeah. i like that so i so. will also pick an audio slave song and i have to go with light my way um it is such a powerful song for me i think the you know tom's guitar intro at the beginning is just so iconic um the chorus is just so big and heavy when you have you know brad and tom just hammering away and you know chris hits that you know big big chorus won't you light my way and he hits those high notes and i think the fact that it was the first song that they wrote together as a band just kind of adds to that legend and i just i just love that song um so that's got to be my my pick of uh pick of the entirety of audio slaves catalog i think it's got to be light my way so it'll be my song of the week this week perfect Two great, Absolutely. two great songs to top, uh, to top it off. Yeah, Love from it. a great band. So uh, if if you're still with us, we thank you for uh, taking the time to check us out today. Maybe you uh, we wet your whistle last week with some Audio Slave, and uh, we we brought it home today. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you know all the ways to do that: uh, reviews, merch, following, um, Patreon, etc. Uh, you have all of those options. Additionally, we'd like to thank our producer, Drew McFadden, for taking care of business, um, as he always does. And uh, we're, we're very thankful for his continued efforts, uh, 71 episodes in. So, Ethan, I think that'll just about do it for episode 71 of the Grunge Bible podcast. Yeah, that's it for us. Again, thank you all for listening. Um, continue doing that because then we know that it's worth worth recording (laughs) so tune in next week we're going to have a different band and we're going to give our quick synopsis on it we're actually uh putting up to the patreons to choose what bands we're doing so if you're a patron we're taking suggestions please go on and vote and put your two cents in and if you'd like to have a say go to our patreon and become you know give us two dollars five dollars ten dollars whatever yeah yada yada you know what to do anyway We'll see you next week. Thank you again. Uh, We love you all. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Be good. fluid ounces the one pint amen to that so you ready yep episode 71 70 audio, dude, audio that's, that's like it's like a lot of episodes dude oh fuck what's my uh it really is i mean we're only 30 yet like 33 episodes away from two years yeah dude you know, we're, yeah. Getting, we're getting close what the like fuck is my song song of the week gonna be fuck just pick an audio slave song no fuck audio <laughs>
Oh, shit, I don't even have my phone to look at my last. That's the worst part about this, huh? Yeah, dude. You feel naked. All right. I figured it out. <laughs>